Welcome or welcome back to A Twist of Faith, and I'm your host, Alex Parkview, as always. This week, we'll continue our look at Air, the Book of Lucifer, the Enlightenment. Told you this was a freaking long one. The one we're going to be looking at today is Life After Death Through Fulfillment of the Ego. And possibly I'll cover shortly religious holidays because there's not a lot to that as far as Satanism. So I'll probably throw that in there too just to give us a little extra material. Now, in my little intro for this week's episode, I just want to say it's the holiday seasons. All of them are upon us. Um, happy whatever you celebrate. Hope you all enjoy whatever you do, your time with your family, all of that. Not my place, not my thing. I detest holidays for my own personal reasons. It is what it is. I guess um, even though I detest them, I'm still polite, air quotes around polite, enough to acknowledge people if they wish me some sort of happy sentiment, like a happy whatever, a Merry Christmas. Even if I don't care, I don't celebrate. It's like, yep, thanks, you too, enjoy. Like, you don't you don't got to be a dick. That ties into my whole don't be a shitty human thing. So just do your thing for the holidays. If you treasure them, treasure them. If you hate them, hate them. Know you're not alone if you can't stand them. And uh, we'll get cracking here on Life After Death Through Fulfillment of the Ego. All right. Life after death through fulfillment of the ego. Man is aware that he will die someday. Other animals, when nearing death, know they are about to die. But it is not until death is certain that the animal senses his coming departure from this world. And even then, he does not know exactly what is entailed in dying. It is often pointed out that animals accept death gracefully without fear or resistance. This is a beautiful concept, but one that only holds true in cases where death for the animal is unavoidable. When an animal is sick or injured, he will fight for his life with every ounce of strength he has left. It is this unshakable will to live that, if man were not so highly evolved, would also give him the fighting spirit he needs to stay alive. It is a well-known fact that many people die simply because they give up and just don't care anymore. This is understandable if the person is very ill, with no apparent chance for recovery, but this is often not the case. Man has become lazy. He has learned to take the easy way out. Even suicide has become less repugnant to many people than any number of other sins. Religion is totally to blame for this. Death in most religions is touted as a great spiritual awakening, one which is prepared for throughout life. This concept is very appealing to one who has not had a satisfactory life, but to those who have experienced all the joys life has to offer, there's a great dread attached to dying. This is as it should be. It is this lust for life which allows the vital person to live after the inevitable death of the fleshly shell. History shows that men who have given their own lives in pursuit of an ideal have been deified for their martyrdom. Religionists and political leaders have been very crafty in laying their plans. By holding the martyr up as a shining example to his fellow men, they eliminate the common sense reaction that willful self-destruction goes against all animal logic. To the Satanist, martyrdom and non-personalized heroism is to be associated not with integrity, but with stupidity. This, of course, does not apply in situations which involve the safety of a loved one. But to give one's own life for something as impersonal as a political or religious issue is the ultimate in masochism. Life is the one great indulgence, death the one great abstinence. 
To a person who is satisfied with his earthly existence, life is like a party, and no one likes to leave a good party. By the same token, if a person is enjoying himself here on earth, he will not so readily give up this life for the promise of an afterlife about which he knows nothing. The Eastern mystical beliefs teach humans to discipline themselves against any conscious will for success so they might dissolve themselves into universal cosmic awareness, anything to avoid good, healthy self-satisfaction or honest pride in earthly accomplishments. It is interesting to note that the areas in which this type of belief flourishes are those where material gains are not easily obtainable. For this reason, the predominant religious belief must be one which commends its followers for their rejection of material things and their avoidance of the use of labels, which attaches a certain amount of importance to material gains. In this way, the people can be pacified into accepting their lot, no matter how small it may be. Satanism uses many labels. If it were not for names, very few of us would understand anything in life, much less attach any significance to it. And significance compels recognition, which is something everyone wants, especially the Eastern mystic who tries to prove to everyone how he can meditate longer or stand more deprivation and pain than the next fellow. The Eastern philosophies preach the dissolution of man's ego before he can produce sins. It is unfathomable to the Satanist to conceive of an ego which would willfully choose denial of itself. In countries where this is used as a sop for the willingly impoverished, it is understandable that a philosophy which teaches the denial of the ego would serve a useful purpose, at least for those in power, to whom it would be detrimental if their people were discontented. But for anyone who has every opportunity for material gain to choose this form of religious thought seems foolish indeed. The Eastern mystic believes strongly in reincarnation. To a person who has virtually nothing in this life, the possibility that he may have been a king in a past life or may be one in the next life is very attractive and does much to appease his need for self-respect. If there is nothing in which they can take pride in this life, they can console themselves by thinking, there's always future lives. It never occurs to the believer in reincarnation that if his father, grandfather, or great-grandfather, etc., had developed good karmas, by their adherence to the same beliefs and ethics as his present ones, then why is he now living in privation rather than like a Maharaja? Belief in reincarnation provides a beautiful fantasy world in which a person can find the proper avenue of ego expression, but at the same time claim to have dissolved his ego. This is emphasized by the roles people choose for themselves in their past or future lives. Believers in reincarnation do not always choose an honorable character. If the person is of a highly respectable and conservative nature, he will often choose a colorful rogue or gangster, thereby fulfilling his alter ego. Or a woman who has much social status may pick a harlot or a famous courtesan for the characterization of herself in a past life. If people were able to divorce themselves from the stigma attached to personal ego fulfillment, they would not need to play self-deceitful games, such as belief in reincarnation as a means of satisfying their natural need for ego fulfillment. The Satanist believes in complete gratification of his ego. Satanism, in fact, is the only religion which advocates the intensification or encouragement of the ego. Only if a person's own ego is sufficiently fulfilled can he afford to be kind and complimentary to others without robbing himself of his self-respect. We generally think of a braggart as a person with a large ego, 
In reality, his bragging results from a need to satisfy his impoverished ego. Religionists have kept their followers in line by suppressing their egos. By making their followers feel inferior, the awesomeness of their God is ensured. Satanism encourages its members to develop a good, strong ego because it gives them the self-respect necessary for a vital existence in this life. If a person has been vital throughout his life and has fought to the end for his earthly existence, it is this ego which will refuse to die, even after the expiration of the flesh which housed it. Young children are to be admired for their driving enthusiasm for life. This is exemplified by the small child who refuses to go to bed when there is something exciting going on, and when, once put to bed, will sneak down the stairs to peek through the curtain and watch. It is this childlike vitality that will allow the Satanist to peek through the curtain of darkness and death and remain earthbound. Self-sacrifice is not encouraged by the Satanic religion. Therefore, unless death comes as an indulgence because of extreme circumstances which make the termination of life a welcome relief from an unendurable earthly existence, suicide is frowned upon by the satanic religion. Religious martyrs have taken their own lives not because life was intolerable for them, but to use their supreme sacrifice as a tool to further the religious belief. We must assume, then, that suicide, if done for the sake of the church, is condoned and even encouraged, even though their scriptures labeled as a sin, because religious martyrs of the past have always been deified. It is rather curious that the only time suicide is considered sinful by other religions is when it comes as an indulgence. So, LeVay brings up a few interesting points in that. Obviously, he's all about, we've covered this in previous episodes, Fuck everything after life because there is nothing. Get everything you can from your life while you still can. Me, me, me. I want, want, want. Um, what's going to make me happiest? Fuck everybody else. I'm not going to go out of my way to be a shitty human, but nobody better fuck with me. Otherwise, I'm going to fuck with them five times as hard. Hell, in the sacrifice thing he talked about, you can use these people as a human sacrifice. I disagree and digress, but that's the extent of respect that Satanism shows for other people. So, but he talks about like that uh, complacency, the laziness of people. And it's not just a generational thing. It's like an age thing. I mean, I've been through some shit in my life, like military, twice divorced, etc. without going super detailed personal info here. But like, I don't feel like, oh my God, my life is over. It's too hard. I can't stand this. The times when I found myself alone or suffering, I found ways to distract myself, new hobbies, how I started a podcast. It wasn't my idea. Thank you, Allie, my dear homie. But, you know, I started a podcast just to give myself something to do. And I'm glad all of you seem to enjoy listening to it. So to be completely lazy, complacent, and just done with life you might as well just be dead, honestly. Like, if you're not... Life is for the living. If you're not living die maybe like it's just i don't know i kind of get what he's saying there and uh I, I don't like how he oversimplifies he calls them eastern philosophies i'm just gonna say buddhism because he mentions reincarnation and i told you and back in the pilot episode my dad the closest thing he could be called was a buddhist because of his beliefs like he didn't describe to the title but that was the closest set of beliefs to his so uh he talks about reincarnation 
and says all these things about, oh, well, people are just kind of off playing themselves, putting their ego down. The rich, well-off woman is, like, painting herself as a whore in a past life or something. Like, it's, there's so much more to Buddhism. Great book, if you ever get the chance to read it, Siddhartha. Never read it in my life until my dad died. He left me a copy of this book in his will. And in the will, it said, read this and you will understand. That's like, holy shit. You don't like, that's his basically dying wish for me is to read this book in, a, in hopes that I will better figure out where he, his head was at, what he believes happened to him after he died. So I read it and oh my God, like I'm not a Buddhist after reading it, but it paints a pretty fucking vivid picture in all kinds of interesting ways. I may actually cover that some in future episodes because there's some of that I love, the concepts behind. So I don't love that LeVay oversimplifies. He just says, yeah, reincarnation, Eastern mystics, reincarnation. He kind of just shits on it, and that's not my style. Like, yeah, I'll call out shit that needs called out, like, oh, I don't know, religion that says to sacrifice other fucking humans, <coughs> LeVay. But, like, I'm not down with the oversimplification. Now, the part where he talks about complete gratification of the ego, I mean, to an extent, I agree with that. I'm not saying, like, fuck everybody else. I actually do say that pretty frequently, if you know me. But <clears throat> I'm not saying fuck everybody else. Like, do what you need to do. You have a roof. You have food. You have hobbies. Pursue them. Live your life with a zest. You want to skydive? Do it. Like, go do the things. Don't do this bucket list of shit you want to do before you die. Oh, my God, the things. That... No, like, go do it. Live your fucking life. Take that vacation day. Take the fucking vacation day and go and have a good goddamn time. Just fucking enjoy your life. Live through your ego fulfillment. Like, rich and famous people, know they're going to be fucking remembered long after they're dead so they can, quote, die happily. Most of them probably die miserably because they're a bunch of drug fucking ridden idiots, but that's a whole other topic. Like, if I were to become famous from this podcast... Honestly, I wouldn't care. I'd still eat the same stuff. I'd probably do things like skydive more often because I'd have more money to do them more often. Like, I'm going to be recording a video of myself for my daughter at some point because when I'm gone, I don't know that I'll get to haunt her. And I say that in a loving way because you say haunt somebody and you think, oh my God, you're going to freak out. No, I don't know that I'll be able to haunt her and let her know that I, I'm with her, I love her, etc. Because we don't know what comes after all this. Like ghosts, her, uh, heaven, hell, etc. We don't know for certain about any of that. And the one thing I would love more than anything since my dad died would just be to hear his voice again. So I'm going to be recording a video for my daughter so that if nothing else, when she gets to feel in some kind of way after I'm dead, because it's going to happen eventually, not anytime soon if I can help it, but it's going to happen eventually, she can just watch the video, see me, hear my voice. Like, to me, that is the greatest thing you can give somebody who loves you. It's something where they can look upon you and listen to you and hear you. Your voice, your mannerisms in the video, like, there's that fulfillment of the ego, too. Because now you are passing your love on from beyond the grave through digital media, which is, granted, a new concept. Probably wasn't really much of a thing when LeVay was around because we didn't have webcams and computers and Chromebooks and smartphones, etc. You get the idea. 
<clears throat> but you definitely need to fulfill yourself in this life. Just don't be a dickbag about it. Like, LeVay covers all this stuff mocking the religions, and I think he spent too much time on that and not enough time on the point of the book. Like, this is supposed to be about ego gratification. So spend your time talking about that. Don't spend your time saying, oh, fuck all these Buddhists that believe in reincarnation because this might happen, that might happen. Why this, this, and this? If they live this way, why am I living this way? Why wasn't I reincarnated as a fucking world leader? No, like, just focus on the point that you're trying to get across, LeVay, for fuck's sake. So we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to take a look at religious holidays. Kind of fitting, because Christmas is just around the corner. Hanukkah has already started. Religious holidays up next. All right, religious holidays. Now I'm going to kind of glaze over some of this, just because it's short enough as is. But you'll see, Satanists don't really believe in a ton of religious holidays. Guarantee you there's not a Satanist out there celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, any of that kind of shit. So, <clears throat> the highest of all holidays in the satanic religion is the date of one's own birth. Your birthday, bam, religious holiday. Booyah. Biggest holiday worth celebrating in the world. Your birthday, because you're your own god. You are not, like, celebrating the birth of some other man-made fictional god, like uh, LeVay mentions Christianity, Christ. Um, if you're into the Egyptian stuff, Horus, like, all that. You're not celebrating the made-up deity, you're celebrating yourself because you are your own god. Your birthday is numero uno, fuck everybody else, biggest satanic religious holiday. And then there's, a, after your birthday, the two major satanic holidays are, pardon my pronunciation here, Walpurgisnacht and Halloween. Uh, one of those is about St. Walpurgis. Long story about her upbringing... She became, like, the head of a church and some shit for settlement in Diocese of Mainz. Became the abbess of the Benedictine nunnery. Her brother did some equally boring religious shit. On the death of Winnebald, which I guess was the brother, yeah. Uh... She succeeded him in his charge, retaining the superintendents of both houses until her death. So she was laid in a hollow rock in Eichstätt, from which exuded a kind of bituminous oil, afterwards known as Walpurgis oil. Super cool shit here. Not really. I mean, I'm all for, like... Miracles after death, crying statues, all that. It's always fun. Sometimes it might be legit. Most times it's a hoax. So I don't know about the oil, but whatever. I'm not judging these people for their beliefs. I'm just, this is LeVay's coverage. And for him to spend time on a saint is kind of derp to me because his whole thing is fuck saints. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just flipping through his Bible trying to help you all figure it out too and understand it. <clears throat> Says she is commemorated at various times, but principally on May 1st. Her day taking the place of an earlier pagan festival, uh, continuance of the most important pagan festival of the year, the grand climax of the spring equinox. The eve of May has been memorialized as the night that all the demons, specters, afrites, and banshees would come forth and hold their wild revels, symbolizing the fruition of the spring equinox. Again, LeVay, like he mentions all these evil spirits and the ritualistic and the summoning and the magic parts of his talks, but... For a man that really doesn't believe these things are real, 
kind of just doesn't do it for me the way he goes about it. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, you're not afraid of these because they're not real. You're your own god. There's no afterlife, no whatever. But on this day, all these specters, demons, afreets, and banshees, you know, because I'm LeVay and fuck, I can just rewrite whatever the fuck I want. Nobody's paid attention. By this point, they've fallen asleep or they're too outraged. So I'm just going to make some shit up at this point. Then he goes on to talk about Halloween... Obviously, it falls on October 31st. Uh, it was one of the great fire festivals of Britain at the time of the Druids. In Scotland, it was associated with the time when the spirits of the dead, demons, witches, and sorcerers were unusually active and propitious. All Hallows Eve was also the night when young people performed magical rituals to determine their future marriage partners. Like, this isn't LaVey's take on this. This is, like, the take of the time. Like he mentions Britain, Scotland. It's not his takes. These are just historical takes that he's addressing. <clears throat> mentions how older people took great care to safeguard their homes from the evil spirits. Solstices and equinoxes are also celebrated as holidays as they herald the first day of the seasons. Difference between a solstice and an equinox is a semantic one, defining the relationship between the sun, moon, and the fixed stars. Solstice applies to summer and winter, equinox to autumn and spring, summer solstice in June, winter solstice December, autumn equinox in September, spring equinox March. So the equinoxes and the solstices, the dates vary within a day or two, depending on lunar cycles. And five to six weeks after these days, the legendary satanic revels are celebrated. So... It told you it was going to be short because LeVay and Satanism and his religion all about celebrating you, yourself, and you. You know, the good old me, myself, and I, you, yourself, and you. And fucking just the hell with everything else. Like, the only holidays he cares about are that Walpurgis Nacht, Halloween, and of course the greatest holiday of any religion ever, the day of your individual birth as a Satanist. So, you know, every year on your birthday, fucking live it up, I guess. The Vey is just, I don't know, like, I have a problem with somebody who tells you that you are your own god, but then tells you that this Walpurgisnacht thing uh, commemorates this equinox and this saint because of shit that she did in her life. And when she died, there was bituminous oil seeping from the rock. Like, it sounds like he's endorsing the very thing which he mocks. So either LeVay's a hypocrite or he's an idiot. I'm just going to come right out and say it when it comes to that kind of shit. Like, he, I've told you in some of these, I agree with parts of his theories, parts of his uh, belief system. Like, honestly, the book just reads at this point as... It were written by somebody who was just trying to make themselves sound cool and who didn't want to fucking think about anybody else. I mean, like, your birthday, Halloween, which, don't get me wrong, Halloween is by far my favorite holiday. Not because of satanic drivel, just because, like, I've always loved Halloween, I've always loved the Grim Reaper, On a Pale Horse by Piers Anthony. Great book. It associates with some Catholic beliefs, so grain of salt with those, because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Catholicism, we'll say. I'm trying to be polite in that. 
I mean, one of these days I'll actually break down in an episode. I'll get out the freaking huge-ass Christian Bible, and I will go through and debunk everything that Catholicism is based on, and you will see why I just can't fucking stand Catholicism. But LeVay just, I don't know, man. Like, he started off so strong, and now he's just, like, using this whole book of Lucifer, the Enlightenment, as filler. Like, do this, don't do this. Oh, wait, I just said this in this chapter, so now I'm going to come back and completely negate myself here. Dude, it's a man-made religion. Like, your one chance to have a religion without any form of hypocrisy, and you blow it by fucking just countering your own thoughts and ideas? And the holiday thing, like... <clears throat> okay, I get your birthday, sure, because you're your own god. Makes sense within the confines of the religion. The Walpurgis neck thing does not make sense in the confines of your religion because you are deifying the saint in the remembrance just because of how she died and the fact that it falls in with the equinox. Dumbass. And then Halloween I get just because of all the lore associated with, ooh, big scaries, demons, uh, Sawin, or to those of you who don't know how to pronounce things, Samhain. But, like, there's... At least Halloween kind of fits in with the religion as far as the evil influence, I guess. Like, I just feel like maybe he should have just excluded religious holidays entirely, maybe just on the birthday. I, I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss, but it's not my religion. I didn't write the Bible. I'm just picking it apart. And LeVay would encourage it. I'm sure he'd be pissed that I'm making fun of him so much, but he encourages you to question everything. For belief of one falsehood is the beginning of all unwisdom. His own words from way back in the beginning in the Book of Fire. Like, sorry, LeVay, you brought it on yourself and you did a shitty job of keeping any form of consistency in, throughout this Book of Enlightenment. We'll see what you have to offer next week. It's just, it's disappointing. Like, here, he, like I could write a Bible. <laughs> Take all the things I've learned read, studied from all the religions. And I could do so in such a way that I would not contradict myself every 20 to 30 pages. I would not spend the entirety of it mocking other religions. I would focus on the beliefs, the tenets, the building blocks, the meat of the faith, for fuck's sake. They was like... A temperamental, whiny fucking child that was just throwing a bitch fit about all the religions except for his and was too busy mocking them to form anything of any actual substance. That's the way that I'm interpreting this. Maybe he'll turn it around. I've read the rest of the book. I'm not going to say he turns it around entirely, but there's some more fun stuff coming up. Maybe he turns it around later. But it's just... He's just a petulant child. He is a petulant child of a man. I know he says he's all about the children and their carefree zest for life. Maybe that's his excuse. Can't ask him, he's dead. So by his own words, can't ask him, he's dead. So that's Religious Holidays in a Nutshell for the Satanist. So if you are a fully practicing functional Satanist, according to LeVay, you cannot celebrate any holiday except for your birthday, Halloween, the equinoxes, the solstices, and Walpurgis snacked, which deifies a saint, which is totally against Satanism, but it's okay because LeVay said so. That's what I got for that. 
And that brings this week's episode of A Twist of Faith to a close. I had some fun this week mocking LeVay for his religious holidays, his inability to make a point without mocking other faiths. But again, my point is not to mock. Like, I'm not trying to just shit on Satanism. Like, I agree with the, quote, valid points when I think they're made. Just he's really in the shitty place in this Book of Enlightenment. So, I mean, next week we're going to take a look at the Black Mass. That's one of my favorite parts of the Satanic Bible. It's just so naughty. I like that kind of stuff, so I'm going to have fun with that one. And it's not going to be a lot of mocking. That's just going to be a lot of, like, derp. I, I, I like that book. So that one should at least make up for this crap. <clears throat> but, yeah, I like that's it. And seeing as how I am not Anton Zandor LaVey, I will wish you all a merry, happy, fill-in-the-holiday-of-your-preference-here. Like, I personally detest them, can't stand them. Don't really give a fuck about any of them. My own personal reasons. If it's really eating at you that much and you just got to know, feel free to message me, twistoffaithpodcast at gmail.com. Interact. Uh, if you're on my socials, my handle on most all of them is Alex Parkview. <clears throat> like, if you're just dying to know why the fuck I hate holidays so much, by all means ask and I might tell you. Somebody, not going to name names, on Twitter hit me up and they said, so, is there a certain religion you follow? Like asking me. And I said, ah, 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 that would be cheating. Short answer, no. Long answer, maybe I'll cover it in a future episode. You never know. But regardless, what have I told you since day one? Since the pilot episode, I told you all and I stand true to this. My religious beliefs do not matter in the context of this podcast. In this podcast, I am trying so hard to put aside any personal bias and be fair to people. It's not my fault LeVay likes to fuck that up in this book. Well, like I said, he kind of redeems. There's some stuff later. And then there's some straight up wonky shit when he gets into the Enochian keys. But another day, another episode. So that is it for the ego and fulfillment of the ego and living on after death through the ego fulfillment religious holidays. And again, I just want to touch really quickly, really briefly on that uh, ego fulfillment thing. Like, so many people these days are just working themselves to death, and for what? Like, if you die today, your job will have a replacement for you before Christmas. Might not be tomorrow because of the holiday, but they'll have a replacement for you before Christmas. Guarantee it. So don't kill yourself for a job that wouldn't think twice about you. Live your life. Take a vacation day. Call out. Use a sick day, a personal day. Go hang out with friends, family. Do something that makes you happy. Bring yourself a little bit of fucking joy this holiday season. All right? That's all I got for you guys other than the usual. Please subscribe, share, like, rate, review, etc. And thank you all for listening to me because otherwise it would just be me talking to myself endlessly. I adore all of the interaction. And I look forward to more of it. Until next week, this is Alex Parkview, and this has been A Twist of Faith.